Welcome to Stacy on the Right, the podcast. Brought to you by FamilyVisionMedia.org. So excited to have with me today a gentleman who is going to help us unpack some very serious issues we're facing. I'm joined by Tom Askell. He is the president Founders Ministries. He's also a pastor, the pastor at Grace Baptist Church, Cape Coral, Florida, and he is a candidate for Southern Baptist Convention president, which is very, very impactful right now because there's a lot of movement in the church and and a lot of people are asking questions. And so, uh, Pastor, thank you so much for coming on today. Well, Stacy, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on your program with you. So I'm I'm honored that you would take time to join me because sometimes when the questions get tough, people kind of, you know, they kind of go into their cloistered area, shut the door, and then the questions just kind of sit out there. And you're saying, no, no, let's talk. So let's start off with a statement that you issued. Um, you are blasting SBC leaders for abandoning biblical truth and embracing radical feminism and race Marxism. And you, this group of Baptist pastors and professors have announced plans to nominate Tom Askell, president of Founders Ministries and pastor of Grace Baptist Church in Cape Coral, Florida. They want you to be the president of SBC. Talk to us about this. What's going on? Yeah, well, there's uh, several things that have been uncovered over the last few years. I think you could go back to one of the most dramatic public moments in 2019 at the annual meeting of the Southern Baptist Convention in Birmingham, Alabama, where during the last 15 minutes of our two-day business meeting, a uh, proposal was set forth in the form of a resolution that the Southern Baptist Convention adopt this resolution, affirming critical race theory and intersectionality as useful, helpful analytical tools. And it was a disastrous resolution, both in the way that it was proposed as well as the content of it, uh, despite several qualifications in the resolution about believing the Bible and the Bible supreme and sufficient and all, it nevertheless affirmed the use of intersectionality and critical race theory. Now, a little background, there was a resolution submitted by one of our messengers, messengers are the delegates that the churches send to this annual meeting, and he was from California, and he sent in a resolution that basically was condemning critical race theory and intersectionality. The resolutions committee that had been appointed by the president, which that year was J.D. Greer, pastor in North Carolina, they took that resolution, rewrote it to say 180 degrees opposite of what the original presenter intended it to say, and turned it out to the convention for vote, saying these are useful analytical tools. Now, it's within the rights of the resolutions committee to do that, but my thinking is they at least should have changed the name of the resolution and taking the original taking the original presenter's name off of it because it was no longer his resolution in any shape or form. And then in 15 minutes, the attempt was made to cram it down the throats of the messengers right at the very end of two long days of business proceedings. And I and some others contended against that. Uh, argued that this was not wise. I tried to offer some resolutions or some uh, amendments to the resolution that would have been like poison pills to try to mitigate the worst dimensions of it. Those were spoken against from the platform, the leadership at the of the convention and this resolutions committee, and the messengers went along with that leadership because it's a default mode for us to trust our leaders. And that resolution uh, was 
an unmitigated disaster in the Southern Baptist Convention, in my estimation. Founders Ministry is the organization that I head. We produced a documentary called By What Standard that tells the whole story of how that happened, what happened, and the, some of the fallout from it. You can find that on YouTube. It's available for free. Just Google By What Standard. It's about an hour and 40 or 50-minute documentary that encapsulates the problem. So that's that's the most dramatic public thing that has happened, but it's by far from the least of the, the difficulties that we've seen coming from some of our seminaries as well as our Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission and uh, positions that they have advocated and things that have been going on that have been even celebrated by some of our leaders. And so it is a time to change the direction in the SBC. Okay, so first of all, uh, it, it deserves saying right here that I just... I'm so glad that you are obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit and that you're willing to come out and do this because right now the position you hold is not the popular one. You you've joined together with another person who I I just I admire and respect so greatly, Vadi Bokum, who has written that amazing book Fault Lines, which I actually quoted in my book. I just couldn't believe how good that book was. I could not stop listening to it on Audible. Um, so it's Vadi Bokum who actually explains a lot of what you just shared. He actually includes some of that in, in his book, and he talks about it uh, in right. videos that you can find online. Anyone who's wanting more resources, I'll actually put some links in uh, to, the, to the podcast show notes so you can go deeper into this if you really want to understand. Um, so the two of you, um, it, according to Christianity Today, you want to unseat liberal Southern Baptists. Now, the first of all, that, that headline— Boy, that's a piece of work. The Conservative Baptist Network puts forth its nominees to lead the denomination. That's the subhead. And Bob Smitana of Religious News Service wrote this on March 22nd of 2022. And he says, this is how he starts the article off. And I I have to share this part, my, my podcast friends, because this is a narrative being built before your very eyes. If you read Christianity Today, you think... Well, it's for Christians, but then just take this in. Two Baptist preachers known for their claims that the nation's largest Protestant denomination is becoming too liberal will be nominated for top roles in the Southern Baptist Convention. Game, set, match. That's a narrative being set about the two people that the story is about. Instead of discussing the concerns and tying that into the Bible, because it— the Christianity Today is not our source. Vadi Bokum's book, Fault Lines, is not our source. The source for everything that we as Christians do, I don't care what denomination you're a member of, is the Bible. The authoritative word of God governs what churches are supposed to do. So if the the claim is that a church has become too liberal, that is unbiblical. That is against the gospel because the gospel is neither liberal or conservative. Rather, it is the gospel. It is the gospel, period. It's the word of God. It's the sort of truth. It is not politically motivated. The politics bend to scripture, not the other way around. So this narrative that they're trying to set here at Christianity Today, may God bless them with the truth and bring them back into the light, is that somehow the two of you want to take the entire denomination in a different direction rather than restoring it to a biblical foundation. Yeah, that's exactly right. And uh, that reporter knows better. Uh, I've got a little history with him, so I don't trust him uh, to report anything accurately anymore, sadly. And 
some people do cast this in terms of a liberal conservative type of battle. And in some ways, you could see it like that. But what makes it so difficult, Stacey, is that it's not classically, uh, you're not classically able to use that language the way you might have 30 or 40 years ago, because the people that I contend need to own their responsibility and either step down or repent. Uh, these are people who say, oh, we are all conservatives. We believe in the authority and inerrancy of Scripture. We've signed the Confessions of Faith. We've signed all the documents that, that, that show our orthodox bona fides. The problem is e- either they have been duped and manipulated to um, do things and say things and let things go on that they shouldn't have, or they've become complicit in it to just welcome it in. And either way, they failed in their leadership, and that's my contention. So I'm not willing to write them out of the kingdom. I'm not willing to say, oh, yes, you're a rank liberal. What I am willing to say is that you should not be leading because you have let this happen on your watch. Now, there are some true believers. There are some who are uh, would I'd be willing to say, yeah, you're, you're as bad as the classic liberals because you think these ideologies are really good things and you can't understand racism or you can't understand women's issues or you can't understand sexuality issues uh, with just the Bible. You need sociological categories and you need philosophical constructs in order to see and then to do what is right. And I just say hogwash to that. The Bible is God's word. It is inerrant. It is infallible. It is sufficient. Second Timothy three sixteen and 17 says that it is profitable and it is able to uh, make the man of God thoroughly equipped for every good work. And that includes dealing with issues of sexuality, uh, prejudice, sinful prejudice, racial prejudice, or uh, issues regarded, uh, regarding women and the proper treatment of women. The Bible is enough for us to guide us in all of those areas. So what do you say to naysayers, Pastor, who will say, okay, well, if the Bible is enough, then what about the problems in the past of women being mistreated in the church? What about what about the, the uh, you know, sometimes the, the issues present themselves and they're not addressed. And so they're, they say that the reason we need these outside ideas, we need to pull from Marxism and we need to go all the way back to communism and do struggle sessions. We need to we need critical race theory because men of the church are not using what the scriptures say in order to rightly divide the word of truth and to, you know, this person sexually harassed someone or this pastor, you know, sexually abused someone or, or, or maybe it was just, you know, improper workplace culture at this church. But what, what happens is people in the church are being hurt and the leadership of the church is not disciplining them. So that's why we need to bring in Marxism or, you know, that's why we need all these outside influences. What do you say to that? I say that it's not that the Bible has been tried and found to be insufficient. The Bible really hasn't been tried. It hasn't been followed. And so that's, that's the failure is not with the Scripture. The failure is with those who claim to believe the Scripture but are mere theoretical in their adherence to it. And we've got far too much of that going on. And I've been trying to sound this drum for decades now that it is not enough for us to thump our Bibles and say, oh, yes, we all believe the Bible. We have got to humble ourselves before the God of the Bible and say, oh, Lord, we have neglected your word. Because the Scripture is quite clear. Just, for example, Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 20, where the Lord Jesus tells us what to do when sin comes into the church. There's, it, It's not difficult to understand. It's simple. It's clear. A child can understand it. What's difficult is to find the courage to obey it. 
And so I think our problem here is not that we uh, have had the Bible and these things just haven't worked. Our problem is we've had too many cowards leading in our churches and our institutions that have been unwilling to do what the Bible says, to go wherever it leads, regardless of cost or consequence. Because I can assure you, when the God of Scriptures, the God who gave up His only begotten Son to save us from our sins, when He ordered how life should be lived in the church and then in His world— He did so for our well-being, and if we would follow His commandments, we would follow His precepts by faith in Christ, then there will not be the cover-up of sin and abuse that we've seen so often happen in some of our Christian circles. It doesn't mean that no one will be abused. It doesn't mean that we will suddenly be free from sin. We live in a fallen world, and sin permeates all that we do. And the problem typically is not the sin. The problem is the way the sin is dealt with or not dealt with. And that's where we've seen massive, colossal failure. But the failure is not on the part of the Scripture. The failure is on the part of those who have been commissioned with the responsibility to take that Scripture and lead God's people accordingly. So I agree with that 100%. And I think... We have been derelict, Pastor, in in telling people exactly that. You know, God doesn't promise us that people won't people. That's my own little thing I made up for people. You know, when when I'm hurt by someone who ought to know better, Mm -hmm. I now say to myself, well, people are going to people. Fix it, Lord. You know, just like my quick prayer, because, you know, sometimes when when you get punched in the feelings, the gut, the, the personal by someone who you know knows God's word, you almost can't stand it. You'd rather be raked over the coals by anybody who's not a Christian. You'd rather it be someone that doesn't know what God's word says because it's a real affrontery when someone in the church misleads people, lies to them, steals from them, sexually abuses them. These are the things that we're supposed to know better, yet here we are. So what we have to say as Christians is this isn't a fault with the word of God. This is a fault with a person who is improperly in leadership, maybe, or a person who mm-hmm. at this point has not, they haven't demonstrated all of the aspects of leadership that God's word says are supposed to be present. And if we trace it back, some of these things go back to us wanting someone, just like the Israelites, they wanted a king. They had God, mm-hmm. but they wanted a king. And sometimes we, as as congregations, we want someone who's flashy, someone who reflects worldly viewpoint, someone who is a westernized representation of what a preacher is supposed to be instead of a person of quiet spirit and demeanor who is wise, the husband of one wife, a a, uh, a lifelong servant, a person of high morals, of um, high integrity. Those boring guys are overlooked for the flashier ones who will often then go into areas where we, you know, we don't want to go, places that we never envisioned a church leader could go. So it there is some fault to be laid at the feet of us as as people who decide this is the person we want to lead our church, and we overlook the glaring signs that this is not a person who meets God's standard for what a leader should be. But God has redemption for all of us. It doesn't mean that person stays in leadership, but people can be redeemed, situations can be redeemed, congregations can be redeemed. But this is hard work. And so I, I, I guess my question for you is, do you feel like, because I, I, I certainly, for my part, and I'm not a part of the Southern Baptist denomination, I'm an evangelical, you know, wild and free out here in these streets, you know, just going to my little evangelical church. But I have to tell you, 
Uh, my desire is for the largest denomination, the Southern Baptist Church, to be led by someone who believes that God's word is supreme and that all of these other things, this is an unpopular viewpoint, that all of these other things have to be cast aside. They have to be cast into the fire to see if they can survive. Because whatever is tried by fire, only the finest, purest gold remains. Nothing will remain if you toss critical race theory, um, race Marxism, and all of the other iterations, hundreds of names, diversity, equity, inclusion, diversity and inclusion, inclusion, all these names. If you toss those things into the fire, nothing remains. That's burned to ash because those things cannot stand up to the fire of truth. So I want someone who understands that to be the leader of the Southern Baptist Convention because this is the denomination in, in especially certain segments of our country, certain states you're you're the leadership you're the church when people think of the church they think of sbc we need that strong leadership so what are what are the other like are there others who are running i haven't looked to see who the others are the 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 ones who believe in the marxism and all that how many others are there and what are the chances here right well i mean you're you're exactly right about the importance of the southern baptist convention we educate in our six southern baptist seminaries one third of all seminary students and so there's a better than likely possibility, there better than even possibility that you or your children or grandchildren will have uh, some leadership that has been educated by a Southern Baptist institution. We have the largest missionary sending force in the world. And so like a rising tide raises all ships, if it goes well for the SBC, it's going to be better for the evangelical world in America and indeed around the world because we export. And now there are two other candidates that have been named, and there could be others when we get to Anaheim. It's a completely free, open process. And and I would not say that these men are advocating race Marxism. It's not that at all. Uh, though we've been in one forum together, and, and we have different understandings of critical race theory. Uh, Bart Barber's a pastor in, in uh, Texas, and uh, Robin Hathaway is a retired missionary in California. And they're brothers. You know, they're, they're men that I have enjoyed meals with or a meal with and just you know, I respect them uh, for uh, all that they are. However, I think that the kind of leadership we need right now is going to call for, it's going to require a willingness to not look away from some of these problems that have been brewing for a long time and a willingness to take a stand and not budge in order to deal with them. We have this saying in the Southern Baptist Convention, sadly, about that you can't break the 11th commandment. Some of our leaders have said publicly, we must have the 11th commandment or else we can't have a convention of churches function the way it should. And the 11th commandment runs like this, that thou shalt not criticize any SBC leader, leader publicly. Well, I've got news for folks. I do not believe in the 11th commandment. I will not be trying to keep the 11th commandment. It is a commandment of men. I think if we were to keep God's Ten Commandments, we wouldn't be in the mess that we're in now. And my desire is to be a man who trusts Christ and obeys the commandments of God and who is unwilling to look at things as they really are and, where necessary, to say this is right, this is wrong, and we're not going to go one step further down a wrong road, at least God being my help under my leadership. So let me just tell you, there is actually a prescription, which I already know you know, but I'm saying this for the benefit of the podcast listeners. There's already a, a, a prescription for that. You don't need an 11th commandment. God's word outlines how we are to uh, you know, bring a brother to the truth. You to take one or two witnesses, you know, so you, you plus one or two others, you go to that person and you speak to them in love personally. You, you go straight to them. And then after that, you bring them before the congregation. And then after that, 
Well, you're in public, okay? You because the person <laughs> the person's not listening. You're in public now, but as long as you have the two witnesses, so yourself and one other, or yourself and two others, that's biblical. So. If it, it has nothing to do with thou shalt not criticize publicly. In today's culture, one thing that unbelievers need to see is once these first two internal steps have been taken and the person will not relent, they will not come to, to what God's word says, they won't make the situation right. The outsiders, the unbelievers need to see the president of the Southern Baptist Convention call a pastor out and say, after we have gone to him personally and after we brought him before the congregation, he's still not right with what God's word says. That is the accountability that proves that God's word is true and makes it possible for that walk, that faith walk, the tradition, the uh, the credibility to be there for an organization as large and impactful as the Southern Baptist Convention if people don't see that, if they never see anyone being brought to justice, then of course they're going to say, well, that's in prayers, that's in prayers. They don't do anything. They can't do anything. And they're they're wrong. God does not not do anything. But if we are not acting in the way that that basically we're not being obedient to scripture, we're not doing what he has given us to do in these these times, he knew he knows our nature. He knows we're fallen and that people are going to, you know, mess up. But if we don't follow his prescription for fixing things, then of course we're going to look bad. And then we have this credibility issue. So I noticed that in the article, um, the gentleman who wrote the piece over at Christianity Today, he also talks about Dr. Carol Swain, who I I, I know her and I, I another one, another, uh, she's a leader and a person who loves God. Um, she signed on to um, a statement, also Texas pastor Tom Buck, um, who he calls a conservative social media agitator. Uh, apparently, Pastor Buck is over the target because he's getting hit by these. These are these are actually small insults. They're not even really big. These aren't real hits, but they're 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 little. You know, they're tiny punches, baby punches. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about a coalition of individuals who have signed a statement. They belong to the Conservative Baptist Network. Um, a, an organization that has been critical of current leadership. And so this is an effort to reform a consequential and much needed, basically it's a it's a pillar of the faith here in America, to reform it back to its origins so that the work that is being done can continue in the biblical fashion, so that the adherence to scripture can be maintained. Um, is there anything else you want to add? Is there anything that you feel like you would recommend to people who are listening to this podcast who are members of SBC or or maybe their family, you know, they have family members in, in the SBC? Is there anything you need or would like for people to do? I'm going to put a link to this article in the in the podcast notes so people can read it for themselves. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, if you're a member of a Southern Baptist church, talk to your leadership and see if they will send you as a messenger to Anaheim in two weeks, June 13th, 14th, and 15th, in order to vote to change the direction, because it cannot happen, according to our polity, apart from people showing up with credentials from their churches to vote, to cast votes that will go this direction. Bodhi Balkum, my friend, will be nominated to be the president of the Pastors Conference on Monday, and I'll be nominated to be president of the convention on Tuesday. So. If possible, get to Anaheim. That's the only way that we can see this change. If you have Southern Baptist friends, of course, encourage them to do that. But more important than any of that is pray. There's a God in heaven, 
and he rules and overrules. And so our lives are in his hand, and we are dependent upon him. All of our political strategies, all of our efforts, though we ought to do the best that we can, they will amount to nothing if God does not own and bless our efforts. So please pray to the Lord. I'm convinced of this, Stacy. I've been this way for many years, but especially these last couple of years. We don't have one problem in the Southern Baptist Convention that could not be fixed by a return to a genuine fear of God. My concern is that there's no longer any fear of God before our eyes. That's why people live the way they do, claiming the name of Christ while uh, openly lying and openly going against things that they say that they will do or that they actually are. And if God would humble us with true repentance and bring us to a new fear of him, then we would see a new day dawn on the Southern Baptist Convention. Amen. So um, that is my hope. And I and so I just encourage you, um, if you're listening to the podcast, you didn't land here by accident, share the podcast with anyone you know, who is a member of the SBC. If, if, if you even think they might be a member, share this podcast, because what other opportunity will they have to hear Pastor Tom Askell actually talk about what issues are actually before the church, before the body, and his plans to rectify things, not for his own personal advancement, not for uh, Vody Bauckham's advancement, not for selling books or, you know, growing church memberships, but for writing the organization. Because as he mentioned, we're talking about a third of all the pastors are coming through the seminaries there. And so, of course, we need we don't need political ideology. We need the word of God rightly divided. That is all that matters. As my uh, 92-year-old, uh, she's my my scriptural mom because she's taught me to love scripture like nothing else. She says to me all the time, scripture is all that matters. Scripture is all that matters. And Jesus. Mm-hmm. So so put that in your brain. Share this podcast. Um, and, and Pastor Askell, President Founders Ministries, Pastor Grace Baptist Church in Cape Coral, Florida. Beautiful. I wish I was there today. Uh, candidate for Southern Baptist Convention. President, thank you so much for coming on my podcast and for covering these issues and for running for this important role. I'll uh, be praying for you. And, and I just I wish for the very best of God's will to be done in two weeks in Anaheim. Thank you so much, Stacy. It's very kind of you. All right. You have a blessed day, sir. You too. Thank you. And that is the podcast for today. So glad to have you with us. Share the podcast, rate us on Apple Podcasts, and I'll see you next time. God bless you.